Well, I want to welcome everyone today to Orchard Church. I also want to say hello to those that are joining us online. We are super excited that this weekend we are kicking off a brand new three-week series called Bandwidth, Making Space for the Things That Matter Most. It's going to be a super practical series to launch us into the new year of 2019. If you haven't already, uh, take out your Bibles, your mobile devices, whichever one you want to use, and turn to the Gospel of Luke. In your New Testament, Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to start in just a moment. As you're Finding your way there, uh, by a show of hands, let me ask you some questions today. Be honest. How many of you have ever felt stressed out in your life? Would you raise your hand? Okay, that should be most everybody. Uh, how many of you have ever felt a little financial tension in your, in your life? Things are a little bit too tight, all right? How many of you would say in 2019, you would love to be able to spend more time with your family and those that matter most to you? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, I think we would all agree to most of those things. We've experienced those things. We desire those things, and, and oftentimes, we say something like this, I would love to do this, fill in the blank. I would love to do this. I would love to do that, but I just don't have the time. I just don't have the, the margin in my life. For this series, we're going to say, I would love to do this or that, but I just don't have the bandwidth. Uh, bandwidth is an interesting word. It's an up and coming word. Every year uh, they choose a word of the year. And I did some Google search and study on this. And they said that bandwidth is on the watch list for 2019 word of the year. People are starting to use this word more and more often. This word found its way into our English language in the early 1990s and it had to do with technology and whenever we talk about how many, how much data or frequency could go through a band, but now it's actually made its way into our everyday language in practicality of our life to describe uh, time and relationships. Um, Merriam-Webster Dictionary now has two definitions of the word bandwidth. One of them has to do with technology. And here's the other one. You have it in your notes. I hope you take some notes there in your newsletter in this series. Um, they define it this way. Bandwidth is the energy or mental capacity to deal with the situation. The energy or mental capacity to deal with a situation. So sometimes we say, man, I'd love to do this, or I'd love to do that, or I'd love to take that on, but I just don't have the, help me out, bandwidth. I don't have the bandwidth. That's what we're going to talk about in this series. Bandwidth, making space, having a little more time and margin and space for the things that matter most. And this is such an important and practical series and what we're going to talk about because most of us are running at full capacity, at full tilt, maxed out, and we have little to no bandwidth for the things that are most important in our life. We, we've allowed our culture and society to push us to the limits, to, to do more, to buy more, to accomplish more, to conquer more, 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 more. And I would suggest and argue that many of us are running at an unsustainable pace. Are you with me? Say yes, church. I mean, many of us, we're, we're barely two weeks into the new year of 2019, and we've already come out of the holidays, and we've hit the ground running at full speed with little to no bandwidth. And, and we think that's okay. We think that's normal. We think that's just the way it is to live today and get ahead today. See, what used to be normal 20, 30 years ago, today is normal is different. We've redefined normal. There's no such thing as a 40-hour work week anymore. If you agree, say yes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's, it, nowadays it's 50 hours a week. It's 60 hours a week. If you've got kids, um, you know, eight, nine-year-old kids, they have school all day long, they have homework, and then they have activities and sports, and they're out four or five nights a week and things on the weekend. And people 
people often ask us, hey, how you been? How you doing? And you know what the common answer is today? Busy. How you been? I'm busy. How you doing? I'm busy. I'm busy. And I don't have time to talk about it right now. That's how busy I am. And the problem is people just don't have bandwidth today for some of the most important things in life. And we hopefully through this series can change some of that. And we desperately need more bandwidth because when we lack bandwidth, what we have is stress in our life. We have burnout. We get overwhelmed. We're at the end of our rope. We need more bandwidth if we want less stress in our life this year. And you can understand this practically at times in your life. If you want to arrive at a meeting and you want to allow yourself some bandwidth, if it's going to take you 10 minutes to get to that meeting, uh, don't give yourself 10 minutes. Give yourself some bandwidth. Give yourself 15, 20 minutes to get there so you're not stressed out when you arrive. Uh, Maybe you're going to, in 2019, say, we're going to create some bandwidth in our home and we're going to have some scheduled nights every week that nothing is on the calendar and y'all are looking at me like I've never heard of a week like that what are you talking about I mean whether we don't have anything planned we're going to schedule some bandwidth uh, for our most important relationship after God which is with our spouse and we're going to schedule some bandwidth to have a date night We're gonna schedule bandwidth to have some meaningful time and conversation with each of our kids individually. We're we're gonna make sure that in 2019, we have some bandwidth in our finances. We have some extra at the end of the month. We we wanna make sure that when the end of the month comes, uh, there's a little bit of extra money. There's a little bit of bandwidth in our finances. And again, some of you are looking at me, Pastor Doug, what is this extra money you speak of that we know not of? What, what is that? And that means we live on a budget and in the budget we create some bandwidth. And I, let me just practically throw this out. Uh, right now we're doing our signups for our spring semester small groups. It is our prayer that every one of you would get connected into a small group. That's where life really happens here at Orchard Church in someone's home, 10 to 12 people. And we have six financial peace, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. We have six classes to choose from this semester. Uh, some of you desperately need to get in one of those to get on a budget, get on a plan to schedule some financial bandwidth. It could be a game changer for you and your family and your life this, this year. Because when we have more bandwidth, we can have some space for the things that matter most. And I, I, I would suggest and believe that if we are a follower of Jesus Christ and we've said yes to him, our most important relationship is our relationship with our heavenly father. That's our most important relationship. But we've got to make time for that relationship. We've got to make time to be in God's word so he can speak to us. We've got to create some bandwidth for that. We've got to make time to spend some time in prayer. We've got to give ourselves some bandwidth in our life to meditate and think about the things that God is teaching us. It won't just happen if we just run at max capacity. It'll get pushed out. It'll get squeezed out. We, we need to make sure we have more bandwidth, some extra time to help other people, to think more about others than ourselves, to serve other people to invest in other people because it feels good to be a blessing to someone else and last week for those of you that may not have been here we kicked off our theme our campaign if you will our focus the whole year here at Orchard Church this year to help people find and follow Jesus is called For the One. For the One. We launched this last week. And what is For the One about? Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 18, he gave this parable. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off and gets lost, he'll leave the 99 for the one that is lost. And that was a picture of the fact that the 99 represents all of us who have found Jesus. We know Jesus. We're saved. But you know what? I, I know what the Bible tells us is found people find people 
And the, the one is that person in our sphere of influence that we work with, a coworker, a neighbor, a family member, a friend that doesn't know Jesus that we're gonna pray for and we're gonna create some bandwidth to intentionally engage in a relationship with them with the efforts of bringing them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, amen? And, and we're all praying for our one. So when you see the t-shirts, that's what for the one is all about, that we're, we're praying for that one in our life that needs Jesus, that we're gonna help find and follow Jesus. We're gonna live on mission this year. And we want you to be a part of this. We collected hundreds of these cards last week where people wrote their name on the card. And in this space that says, my one, um, they put them on the stage up here. We took all of those. We prayed over all those. We're continuing to pray over those cards and those people. And let me give you some good news. I already know that there are some people here this weekend that somebody put down as their one last week they prayed for them and they're here this weekend can we give God praise for that God's already at work and we pray that every week every single week this year that many people are showing up that that have been found and they're bringing them to church and they're finding Jesus but we want to give you an opportunity if you weren't here last week to get in on this go by the got question corner Pick up a card, put your name and the person you're praying for because we wanna pray over those and then we're gonna do something really unique and special with all these cards out in the lobby to keep this before us all year long. And so if you weren't here last week, you can do that at Got Questions and you're gonna pick up one of these bracelets for the one bracelets to remind us to be reaching out and praying for that one. And then here's the other thing we're gonna ask you to do is we've created an email address. Um, whenever you put things on Facebook, hashtag for the one, but this email for the one at orchard.church, email us your stories. We love to hear the stories of life change. So when you're praying for that person and they come to church or they accept Christ or they get baptized or get connected, share those stories with us so we can all celebrate what God is doing to change lives as we live on mission to help people find and follow Jesus. Isn't that exciting, Orchard Church, that we get to do that this year for the one? But that will not happen if we just run at max capacity like we always have and we don't create a little bit of margin and space. And, and I would argue all day long, and I will in this series, that the best things in life, the most important things in our lives happen when we have some bandwidth. They happen in the margin. Let me give you an example of this. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 10, let me tell you what's gonna happen in this story. Jesus is gonna show up to this village and he's gonna show up to a woman's house. Her name is Martha. Her sister Mary is also there. And both these women, Mary and Martha, when Jesus shows up, have a choice to make. Are we gonna create some bandwidth and space to spend time with Jesus? One of them made a good decision and one of them made an unwise decision like many of us sometimes do. Watch this play out in Luke chapter 10 verse 38 we'll also put it on the screen for you it says as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him Jesus into her home her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught but Martha was what's the next word church distracted like many of us Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing so get this scene Jesus shows up at the house Mary and Martha are there they both have a decision Jesus is in the house what are we gonna do and Mary dropped everything she's like the laundry can wait the dishes can wait updating my Facebook posts can wait Nothing is more important in this moment than sitting at the feet of Jesus and spending some time with them. Mary, uh, or Martha, excuse me, on the other hand, uh, decided to be distracted by all the busyness of the dinner because Jesus had come over to the house and she wanted to impress Jesus. Now, here's the thing. 
before we kind of look down on Martha, Martha did probably what most of us would have done. And I, I probably would have done in Martha's shoes. I mean, after all, Jesus has showed up as the guest at her house. What would you do if Jesus was showing up for dinner? I mean, it's, it's like, we've heard he's the son of God. We heard he's gonna die for our sins. He's gonna rise again someday. He's raising people from the dead right now. Jesus is in the house. So Martha is distracted and she's like, I'm gonna make my favorite dish, my best meal that everybody raves about. I'm gonna get out the fine china. I'm gonna put out the towels that my family can never touch. They're just for decoration, but Jesus can use those towels. I'm gonna make sure the toilet paper matches the shower curtains. <laughs> Amen, ladies, right? Because Jesus is in the house. And here's the thing, don't miss this. What Martha was doing wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't an evil, sinful, wicked thing. It was actually a good thing. It just wasn't the best thing. It wasn't the most important thing. And that's the challenge for us. We allow good things in our life to take the place of the best things and most important things in our life when we don't create some bandwidth. It's been well said that if Satan can't make us bad, He'll make us busy. He'll get us busy. He'll get us distracted. And that's what happened in the story. Martha got distracted by some lesser unimportant things instead of the most important thing. And I remember, this has played out a couple of times in my life. I, I vividly remember particularly this one time, and it was about 14 years ago when we first moved to Denver and we started Orchard Church and it was started with our family of four out of our living room. And at that time, we had no building, we had no ministry center, I had no office. My office was at the kitchen table in our living room. And man, we were trying to help people find and follow Jesus and plant this church and make a difference in this community. So there was always something to do. I didn't hire my first time, uh, first full-time staff person here at Orchard Church till we were running 200 people. I had a part time secretary and that was it so I did everything so there was always something to do there was always something to do and so I would work many nights at the kitchen table you know till seven eight nine o'clock at night and at that time our kids Caleb and Caitlin were 10 and 8 years old and I remember one particular night it was about 7 7 30 and I was still working away you know trying to build this church and help people find and follow Jesus and there was things to do and my wife said hey why don't you put that away and let's let's play a game with the kids let's have some family time and I said oh honey I would love to but you know I got these things I need to do with this church and all that. And she said, is there really anything more important right now than being with your family? You know, those things will be there tomorrow morning. And man, that spoke to my heart and she was absolutely right. And I shut down the computer and I did what was most important. It wasn't that the things I was doing was bad. They were good things. They just weren't the most important things in that moment. And I remember that was a game changer that I started saying, okay, every evening, 5, 5.30, I'm shutting things down because my family right now is, is most important. But it's easy for us to get distracted by lesser things. Good things, but they're not the best things. And we have to be careful. I have to be careful. This message, listen, I, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. This is for me too. And I have to be careful. We have to be careful that we don't get so consumed and obsessed with the tyranny of the urgent that is always there that we miss the most important things in our life. And that's what happened with Martha. So watch what happens. Martha is stressed out. Uh, she's overwhelmed. She's burned out. And so she pleads her case to Jesus because she believes what she's doing 
was the right thing at the time. Let's pick it up in in verse 40. It says, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here on her butt while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Okay, that's in the original language. If you guys will do some exegesis of the scriptures in Greek, you'll, you'll see that in there, maybe. She's like, hey, I believe that what I'm doing is more important than what Mary is doing, which is just stopping everything to spend time with you. So Jesus, I'm pleading my case to you. Come on, tell, tell Mary to help me because what I'm doing, I believe, is, is right. Martha was convinced that what she was doing was right. And that's gonna be the biggest challenge for all of us in this series that we're gonna believe that the way we live our life at max capacity, full tilt, with no bandwidth and margin is right. I mean, come on, Pastor Doug. I mean, if you're gonna get ahead today, if you're gonna be successful today, I mean, that's the only way to live today. Well, yeah, that's what society would tell you, but God might have a better way. God might have a different way. And I would say it like this. If we want what everyone else has, then just keep doing what everyone else does. And you know what most people have? Stress, burnout, overwhelmed at the end of their rope there is a different way the apostle paul said in romans chapter 12 verse 2 to believers he said this don't be conformed to the patterns of this world don't be like everybody else but be transformed by the renewing of your mind how do we renew our minds as believers it's through the word of god it's it's saying you know what there's a different way to live than the way everybody else lives i'm going to live according to god's standards and god's word and i'm not going to allow society and culture and community to tell me how to live i want something different i believe with all my heart that 2019 could be a life-changing year for so many of us if we'll apply this series but i will tell you it's not going to be easy it is not going to be easy it goes against everything we see, everything we hear, everything that we, many of us have experienced in our our life, it goes against it. It's gonna take major radical life changes. It's not a major tweak here or there. If it it was just a minor tweak, then we would have already done it. It's not gonna be a minor change, it's gonna be a major change. But I believe that through Christ, we, we can do all things and it can happen. So Martha comes to Jesus and she pleads her case. I believe what I'm doing is the most important thing right now. I believe what I'm doing is right. And and Mary needs to get off her butt and help me out. Jesus, come on, stick up for me. Well, Jesus does have a response to Martha. Let's see what he says. Verse 41, but the Lord said to her, to Martha, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. And, And this is true. In the original language, these details means these lesser important details not as important, lesser details. He says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. For some of you, if you're honest, that's your life verse right there. You're worried and upset over all these details, living with no bandwidth at all. There is only, help me out church, what did Jesus say? There's only one thing. There's only one thing right now worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. In some of your Bibles, this word discovered will be translated chosen it. It works both ways. She has discovered there's a different way, there's a better way, a more important way to create some bandwidth. She's discovered it, and she's chosen it. That's the way I'm going to go. And it, watch this, Jesus says, it will not be taken away from her. 
because it's what's most important. She'll never lose this. It won't be taken away. Mary and Martha both had a choice what to do with bandwidth. Were they going to spend time with Jesus or not? Mary made the right choice. Martha did not. And listen, church, we all have a choice what we do with the time God has given us every day. And we, nobody gets more time than somebody else. We all are given 24 hours every day. Nobody gets a little less or a little bit more. We get the same amount every day, every week, every month. This year, we all have the same amount of time. The question is, how will we choose to use that time? Will we create some bandwidth and space for the things that matter most? And, and, and I could hear from the stage what some of you are thinking right now. I see it in your faces. But Pastor Doug, I like you, but you don't understand. You only work one day a week anyway. <laughs> I've heard it before, you know? Your kids are grown now. My kids are 23 and 21. You know, you don't have little kids anymore. You don't know what it's like to live on a budget. No, I understand all those things. And here's what I understand. We all have a choice. We all have a choice. Are we going to live like everybody else and be stressed out and maxed out or are we going to create some bandwidth in our life for the things that matter most? Because when we don't have bandwidth for the things that matter most, there are some negative effects that happen in our life that maybe if we could connect the dots, we would go, oh, that's why that's happening. Let me give you two of them. They're in your notes. Um, when our bandwidth decreases, our stress increases. Can I have an amen? When our bandwidth decreases and we live at max capacity, our stress increases. You know, you think about when it comes to time. Some of you have already been stressed out today coming to church. You know that church starts at nine o'clock. The worship begins but you didn't allow yourself enough bandwidth to get here and find a parking spot and get your coffee and donuts and come in on time. And so what happened? Your bandwidth decreased and your stress increased and you're yelling at the kids and you're yelling at your spouse and it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Well, if you'd have done this, come on and blankety blank, we gotta get to church and worship Jesus. Come on. You're like, does he have a camera in our car? And then you get to church, you know, you're, you know, you're stressed out. You're, hey, bless Jesus, God, uh, God bless you. Hallelujah. Hey, good to see you. Get, sit down. We've already missed the first song. Hey, no elbows. I see some elbows. Bible says in the first book of opinions, no elbows in church. That's, that's a sin, all right? But when our bandwidth decreases, our stress increases. It's true of our finances. If we don't create some healthy bandwidth in our finances and some margin, our stress is going to increase. If I'm being honest, some of you are, are, are right now, it's January and you're a little stressed out financially. You're like, I can't believe Christmas was in December again this year. It sneaks up on us every time. And so now the bills are coming in. I can't believe you spent that. Why did you spend that much? And, and there's stress and there's marital problems in the family. When our bandwidth decreases, our stress increases. Here's the second negative effect. When our bandwidth decreases, our relational intimacy also decreases. When our bandwidth decreases, our relational intimacy also decreases when we live at max capacity. Here's what happens. When, when we have no bandwidth, we don't have any bandwidth relationally, our minds can't disengage to focus on what matters most. And we might be present with the ones we love, but we're not really present. We're physically present, but we're not mentally present. Are you with me? 
whether it's with our spouse or with our kids or our friends. I mean, we've all been out to dinner and you see that family looks like, you know, the postcard family and mom and dad's there. Maybe they got a couple of teenagers that are there and oh, the family is out for a nice dinner together. And then you look a little bit closer and all of them are on their phones. Nobody's talking, nobody's looking at each other and they're texting and they're updating Facebook and they're twittering and, and, and one of them's tweeting out, I'm having a great family dinner with my family tonight. No, you're not. Quit playing with your little Twitter and be with your family. You could quote me on that. Hashtag Pastor Doug said, quit playing with your little Twitter, all right? And listen, listen, I, I am, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. I've been there. I have to be reminded sometime. Put the technology away. Put the phone down. When our bandwidth decreases, our relational intimacy decreases. And not only does it decrease with our spouse and with our kids and the ones that are most important, but the most important relationship of all decreases. And that's with our Heavenly Father, with God. When we don't have some bandwidth in our life, we don't have the kind of relationship with our Heavenly Father that he desires to have with us. Why he died for us, to have an intimate relationship with him. I run into people all the time out in the community that I haven't seen for a long time. I haven't seen them at church. And, and if they see me before I see them, they always, oh, it's Pastor Doug. Let's go over here down this other. But I catch them and, I, and listen, these little legs can move. I'm fast. So I catch up with them. Hey, how you doing? I've missed you. I haven't seen you in a while. And, and, and without fail, the common answer is, yeah, we've been meaning to, to get to church. We've just been too busy. Just been too busy, too busy with work, too busy with school, too busy with activities, too busy with the kids. And, and we don't say it, but the truth is we might as well admit it. We're too busy for church. We're too busy for the, to be in God's word. We're too busy to pray. We're too busy to be in a small group with other believers. We're too busy to, to serve. If we're that busy, we're too busy if we're a follower of Christ. And the problem is we get too busy for God and too busy for people, and we think that's okay. We think that's normal. That's just the way everybody lives today. And then we wonder why we're so stressed out and burned out and overwhelmed and exhausted all the time. And I've been there. And I can be a workaholic with the best of them. And I have to guard against this. And I can't speak for all of you, but, but when I live that way and I think that's okay and it's normal and I, I step back and I ask myself, why? Why don't I allow myself some more bandwidth? If I'm honest, the answer is this, I don't really trust God enough with all the details of my life. Oh, I say I do, but I, I try to make it happen. I try to go, go, go. It's up to me. It's relying up, up, upon me. I do what Martha did. I get distracted by things and, and don't focus on the most important thing. You see, because when we accepted Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he becomes King of Kings and Lord of Lords in our life. That means that he sits on the throne of our life. He gives the instructions and we are the ones that are to follow his instructions, amen? And we believe that and we say that and we sing about that. But have you guys ever found yourself doing what I sometimes do? Jesus is sitting on the throne. I'm waiting for instructions. I get a little bit tired of waiting. I do one of these and I boot Jesus over and I say, okay, I'm gonna make this happen. And then I wonder why I'm burned out and I'm stressed out and I'm overwhelmed. And Jesus has to say to me what he said to Martha. Listen, Doug, my, my dear Douglas, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. You need to discover it. You need to choose it. It will not be taken away from you. 
You need to make bandwidth for what's most important. But we struggle with this because we think I've got to work harder. I've got to go, 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 go. I got to make more money to make my family happy. I got to have the bigger house. I've got to have the nicer car. I got to have the toys. I got to have my kids in every activity that is out there because I want to give them every opportunity to succeed and I need to help make this happen. And if I could get up in your business for just a second because I love you enough to keep it real. And that's one of our values here at Orchard Church. One of the areas that I saw this play out firsthand as we were especially raising our kids and my son, who's now 23. Some of you know, my son had the privilege of playing uh, four years of college baseball. He just finished up. He's back home now. And he started playing, you know, at a very young age. And I remember he was eight or nine, 10 years old. And we started having all these people approaching us saying, you know, he's got athletic ability, but if he's ever gonna play in high school and he's ever gonna make the varsity team, man, you gotta be on this tournament team and you gotta be on this travel team and you gotta go to this conference. And, you know, you, you gotta do all these things He's got to go to this showcase and it was going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and, and weekends and time. We didn't have the money and we didn't have the time and we weren't going to make the time. And we just believed, you know what? God's in charge of his life. We're going to give him the opportunities we can in our community to play. If he's good enough, he'll make it. He made the high school varsity team at Prairie View High School as a freshman. He then went on and played in college and we spent a fraction of the money that we saw so many families spend and they, their lives were going four or five nights a week, gone every weekend to give their kids an opportunity. Did you know that sports today in America, listen to this, is a $15 billion a year industry. And it's sad and it breaks my heart because I see so many families being fleeced by people that are making all these empty promises and they're just trying to get your money. The average family is spending $10,000 a year on their kids in sports. And the truth of the reality is only three, about 3% of high school athletes will ever play in college. Only a fraction of those will get any kind of scholarship. And of the 3% that play in college, about 1% make it to the professional pros. I watched this play out. I can speak with experience on this. I watched this play out in so many families and now we're still friends with those families. And here's what I've heard from many of those families. We had our kids in every sport. I mean, even the pros get an off season and many kids today, they get no off season. It's year round, nonstop. And then they wonder why when the kids get to high school, when it really matters and they might actually be paying attention to them, we saw so many kids with athletic ability by the time they got to high school, they quit because they were burned out. And the ones that didn't quit, some of them went to college, played one year, one semester, and then they dropped out and they quit. I, I had, I've had so many of our friends and families we grew up in sports with said this, if we would have just taken the money we spent on all those travel teams and all those sports and all those, those things that we did and put that in savings, we would have been able to pay for college two and three times over with cash. But that's, that's considered the only way to live today. That's considered normal today. And listen, I have to guard against this in my own way, in my life. You may or may not know this, but at Orchard Church at this point, we're 14 years old this year, we'll be 14 years old since we started in our living room. There are over 5,000 people in this community that if you ask them, where do you go to church? They would say Orchard Church. Now they're not all here on the same weekend except Christmas and Easter, but <laughs> let's just be honest, right? But there's about 5,000 people that consider Orchard Church their church home. If I believe that everything at Orchard Church rises and falls on me, I could be out every night of the week, 
counseling, hospital visits, funerals, weddings, every small group, 60, 70 small groups trying to visit them, being at, at meetings. And there was a time in the, in the life of Orchard Church, I felt that way. I felt that pressure as the pastor. I had to be all things to everybody and be at everything. And if I'm really, really keeping it real and honest, my identity was wrapped up in the success of Orchard Church. And what I realized was my identity is not wrapped up in the success or failure of Orchard Church. My identity is wrapped up in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's where it's gotta be. Because if I allow myself to do those things and I don't create some healthy bandwidth, I will have no time for my family. I'll have no energy. I'll be stressed out and I'll be a statistic like most churches where one in three pastors every year quit the ministry because they're burned out, stressed out and overwhelmed. And here's what I realized. If I lose my, my first ministry, to be honest, is not to you guys. It's to my family. It's to my marriage and my kids. If I lose my ministry to my family, I have no ministry. I have no platform. And I, I took on a spiritual coach a couple of years ago to help me with this because I've never pastored a church this size. I've never led a staff this size. We have about 30 people on our, our staff. And I took on a spiritual coach because I don't want to be a statistic. I want to be in it for the long haul, the long run. I don't want to burn out. And what I realized is Orchard Church is not about me. I need to do what I can do and do my best at it and give God the rest. Trust God with the details. And you know, since I started doing that, man, God has done amazing things in this church. It's way beyond anything I could take credit for. But I also... Not only do I want to give God glory, but I want to give our full-time and part-time staff and all of our 400 volunteers that serve every weekend credit because there's no way I can do it by myself. Can we give it up for our amazing staff and volunteers because they, they make my job a whole lot easier so I can have some healthy bandwidth. Listen, some of you, some of you, not all of you, I wish it was all of you, but some of you, are gonna take this series to heart. You're gonna be like Mary and you're gonna discover and you're gonna choose, there's a better way. There's a better way. This could be one of the most life-changing series you ever go through. I hope you will not miss a week of this three-week series. But don't just come, put it into practice in your life. It could be a game changer. You could look back on 2019 and say, that was a turning point in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my relationships. If you're stressed out, you're burned out, you're overwhelmed, listen to the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said this. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, which is most of us, and I will give you a whole lot more to do. Is that what Jesus said? No, I will give you what, church? Rest. Rest. I know that's a new word to most of us. Rest? What is that? We don't understand rest. He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Don't allow society and the culture and what everyone else is doing teach you. Let me teach you. There's a different way. There's a better way because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will, this is a promise, you will find rest for your souls, which is what we so desperately need. Imagine looking back on 2019 and describing this year as a year of peace a year of assurance, a year of tranquility, a year of calm and, and fulfillment, a year of rest. When was the last time that you could even look back over a month and say, man, that was a month of rest? It's hard for us to even imagine. I mean, if you're like me, I, we go on vacation to rest and you look at our vacations and we're out skydiving and bungee jumping and at amusement parks 12 hours a day and shopping till we drop. 
It's not a time of rest. And then, are you guys like me? I come home, I need a vacation from my vacation. We, just, we don't know how to rest. It takes me two or three days when I go on vacation just to, to relax and unwind and disengage. There's a different way. In Psalm 4610, here's what God said. Be, what's the next word, church? Somebody help me out. Let's say it together. Be still. Turn to your neighbor and say, be still. Especially if they're fidgety right now, okay? Because I know this is making some of us uncomfortable. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. When was the last time you just said, I'm going to be still and I'm going to be with God? I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I want to give all of us a homework assignment. It's, it's simple to understand, but for some of us, it is going to be hard to do, but it's so simple. How can we apply this to be still and know that he is God? How can we sit at the feet of Jesus? Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Starting tomorrow morning, every week, next week, before you do anything else, maybe get a cup of coffee. Spend five, five minutes with God. Five minutes. Now, some of you are overachievers, and you'll do six or seven minutes, and that's cool too, all right? But just when was the last time you could look back on a week and say, I gave God the first five minutes of my day to connect with him, to sit at his feet, to create some spiritual bandwidth and some margin, to be still, to experience his rest and his peace. Five minutes. And I'm gonna give you some tools to do that. Um, there's an app. It's called the YouVersion app. You can download it. It's completely free. There's hundreds of Bible reading and devotional plans that'll take you about five minutes. Five minutes. Read God's word, let him speak to you, pray, talk to God, share with him what's in your heart and your life, what's going on. He wants to hear from you and, and just do that for five, five minutes. If you'd like to get a hard copy of, of some devotionals, we've got uh, our daily breads out at the Got Questions. If, if all else fails, just go to your Bible to the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in, in Proverbs. There's one for every day of the month. Whatever day of the month it is, if it's the 14th, then do chapter 14 of Proverbs and just read that and, and spend some time with God. When we create some bandwidth with Jesus, we will experience his peace and his rest. Try it this week. Try it this week and see if it doesn't make a difference in, in your life. Because here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above most other things in your life. Are you guys awake? Is that what it says? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Make bandwidth for that which is most important. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Righteously means to be right with God. And he will give you what? Everything you need. He will take care of the details when we seek him first. Here's where we're going in this series. Week one was sort of a come to Jesus meeting that we need to create more bandwidth. We've got to make some major changes. Week two is gonna be super practical, don't miss it. I'm gonna teach you how to schedule some bandwidth in your life and relationships. We're gonna to learn to say no to some good things so we can say yes to the best things, the most important things. And then week three is really important too. We're gonna to talk about creating some moral bandwidth, putting some distance between us and our temptations that bring us down and defeat us. Isaiah 58, 11, I hope this will speak to someone today. I hope you'll hear this from God. Don't, don't hear my words, hear God's word. And it says this, the Lord, everybody say the Lord. the Lord. Not society, not culture. The Lord will guide you continually, show you a different and better way, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. When you have no bandwidth and you're stressed out and you're burned out and you're overwhelmed, he will restore your strength. Watch this. I pray this for so many of us in 2019. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. 
How awesome would it be to look back on our lives in 2019 and say, man, my life is like a well-watered garden. My marriage, my relationship with my kids, my finances, it's like a well-watered garden, an ever-flowing spring. But it will not happen unless we stop allowing culture to tell us what is most important and normal and start living God's way. And when we do, listen, don't just pack up on me. Listen, when we do, what did Jesus say to Mary and Martha? It'll never be taken away. You'll never be the same. I pray that 2019 will be a year that we create some healthy spiritual bandwidth and we begin to experience the promise of his peace, the promise of his rest, satisfaction, and we'll never ever be the same when we make space for that which is most important. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we'd be doers of your word and that we would make some major and radical changes in our life to make space for the things that matter most. As we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here as a follower of Jesus, how many of you would be honest enough today to say, you know, God has spoken to me today. This has been a wake-up call for me today. I need to live differently in 2019. I'm tired of being stressed out and burned out. I'm gonna give God five minutes a day at least. I wanna experience his rest and peace. I really wanna take this series and God's word to heart. Can I pray for you? Would you slip up your hand all across this auditorium if that's you? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Hands everywhere. Let me pray for all of us, and I include myself. Father, I pray that we would not just jump back on the treadmill of life, running at full speed and max capacity without making bandwidth and space and margin for the things that matter most. And what matters most is our relationship with you, and we know that that relationship will flow, overflow into our other relationships with, in our marriage and with our kids and, and our friends, living on mission for you, helping other people find and follow you. And we'll never regret that decision. And may we put these things into practice. May we, we, may we make the adjustments. May we allow you to guide us and lead us your way, not the world's way. So we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Some of you are here today and you're like a lot of the people that come to Orchard Church in the beginning. We hear testimonies like this all the time. I, I came to Orchard and I, I heard about Jesus and, and, and here's how I showed up. I'd been chasing all the things the world had to offer, trying to find peace, satisfaction, fulfillment. I was chasing possessions and prosperity and people and positions and, and all they did was leave me empty time and time again. But when I made space for Jesus in my life, everything changed. Things weren't perfect, but I had Jesus in my life and it changed everything. And I, I experienced his peace that passes all human understanding. And maybe there's some of you here today and, and, and that, that describes your life. And the place to start for you is to open up your heart by faith and invite Jesus into your life, making space for your most important relationship, the one that died for you. you. Say, well, who is Jesus? Jesus is God's son. He's God in the flesh. He came to this earth 2,000 years ago. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And then he went to the cross. He died a martyr's death. He shed his blood to pay for all of our sins. He took all of our sins upon himself. He paid our sin debt. He died, he was buried, he rose again on the third day, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And if we will say yes to him in faith and put our faith and trust in him, he will be our Lord and Savior. 
He will fill that space in our life that is reserved only for him, that nothing else can, can fill. And I believe there's some of you here today that your whole life has been leading up to this moment to invite Jesus into your life. You say, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. The Bible says it's a gift that we receive by faith. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I, I wanna give you an opportunity to call on the Lord through prayer right now, right where you sit, in the quietness of your seat. I'm gonna pray a prayer of faith out loud in just a moment. I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer. It's not a magic prayer or magic words, but if you'll pray this and believe it from your heart, you can invite Jesus into your life today. It'll be the best start of any year you've ever had. If that's you, you know who you are. Would you pray this with me from your heart to God's right now? It goes like this. Jesus, I'm calling on you to come into my life. I'm making space for you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I want to know and follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and dying for me. Thank you. Thank you. So we continue in attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I would love the privilege to pray for you that you would grow in your journey and walk with Jesus from this day forward. So without anyone else looking around, I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, would you just put your hand up nice and high so I can pray for you? One, two, three. Lift them up. God bless you. Thank you in the back. Yes, God bless you. Two or three people here. Amen. Yes, on my left. Over here. Thank you. Over here on my far right, I saw a hand. Thank you. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I lift up all those this weekend that are inviting you into their life as Lord and Savior. We welcome them to the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And may we leave here differently than how we came. And may we make some bandwidth and space for the things that matter most. For your honor and glory and for our good. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Saying yes to Jesus is the biggest decision you can ever make. We've created this booklet to help you in your next steps. So, if you've prayed that prayer, let us know by emailing us your address to yes at orchard.church and we'll send you a copy.